Hi, you're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. On this podcast, we discuss our relationship with food, whether it is easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. I suffered with eating disorders for years, and it took everything to pull through. Now that I'm at the other side, I want to open up the conversation, find out how other people manage this basic and most fundamental of relationships. I'm taking a light approach, but I think if this area of our lives is skewed, then so is the rest. It's never just about food. So, Roger Lloyd-Thompson, welcome to this food thing. Um, I've known you for years. Yes. Since you were an actor. Yes. And now you're a business coach. Yeah. Um, you're my first ever guest. Thank you. Honoured. Honoured, indeed. Honoured, um, yes. As I said, welcome to this food thing. Uh, how, how are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. good and actually um, I've been working a lot, funnily enough, at this time, which is unusual. Great, so great. I've had a nice distraction. Good, 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 which good. Which helps. Um, let's dive in, shall we? Mm. So I've got some loose questions here. And when we spoke before, you said that you're very happy to dance around. So we will. Loose questions. Loose, loose, loose questions. questions. I like loose questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you describe your relationship with food? Either... Mm. In the present, yeah, or in the past, because I know that it's different. Yeah, I think it's always a bit different. My relationship with food is—it's always I've always been conscious. Okay, and still to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always conscious of food. Uh, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in negative ways. Mm-hmm. So I think my relationship to food now is happier mm-hmm. than it was. Okay. And sometimes, you know, that changes. So happy than it was. So what was it like? Well, I was thinking about when you asked me to have this conversation, I thought about when did I first become conscious that food was not always a comfortable thing. And I think as a child, I don't right. remember too many issues. I do remember one occasion, funnily mm. enough, that my dad said to me, Roger, you're getting a spare tyre. <laughs> For the car? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> but seriously, I remember where I was. I was in the pantry. Which is... <laughs> it's true. Well, in it's the fridge. I was, yeah, exactly. I really was. But you know what? And it's certainly, it's not his fault. It's just, you know, I remember that message. How and old were you? God, I think, well, I think I was probably about nine, ten. Now that, it's funny, that wasn't a message that made me aware of food. But I remember then that to be a certain way because of food yeah, meant something. Did your dad have a spare tyre? no. No, and I think, here's the thing, because I've spoken to my dad about it, and it's quite humorous. You know, as a job, I'm a business coach. I, you know, I look at things like uh, people's preferences to solving tasks, giving information. Me and my dad are diametrically opposed. And since I learned that, (laughs) I can look at these things with humor. Now, here's the honest truth. My dad was offering me a solution to a problem. He was. The way he saw it. Yeah. But I just saw it as, oh, my God, that's a bad thing. Yeah. So it obviously had an effect, but I think I think it was after that. It was when I went to college. 
Okay. I think that's when but I became that's more aware. The seed gets sown, doesn't mm. it? Because we're talking about you and not about me. But um, I've had very similar experiences, also from my dad. Yeah. And it crushes you on one level. It does. And I think it, it's, it's with people you kind of want to impress. Now, I have to say, mm. I don't remember that being a traumatic sort of thing. It's a memory. And so, looking back now, I think that was... It's interesting because it was to do with food and stuff. Okay, And it okay. was to do with being, I guess, fat, not a mechanic. Were you, were you a fat mechanic? <laughs> do you know what? Here's the thing. I, 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 exactly. I, I think maybe I was a, a... Do you know what? I wasn't hugely overweight. I guess I was, you know, a bit plump at times. Okay, okay. But actually... I wasn't aware of it, you know, more... I wasn't aware of it really, I think, until I moved away from home. So, I'm interested, and maybe we'll go back to what happened at home and who looked after Mm. the food at home and who was the, you know, main food provider. Yeah. So, you went to college, you went to acting college. Yes. So, you were 18? I moved away when I was 17, which is quite young. Yeah, And I, I do look at kids now, friends' kids who are that age, who are still at home, and I suddenly think, oh, my God... To go away. Now, here's the thing I remember. I had a bed sit in Clapham. Okay. One of my, one of my amazing freedoms was I could go shopping and I could buy whatever food I wanted. That okay. was, that yeah. was a really early memory. That's thrilling. It was. That's freedom. It was. I felt cosmopolitan. I went to butchers. I bought things. I made them <laughs> on my baby belling. <laughs> you know, I could buy all the things my mum wouldn't and what, want me to buy. So, what did you buy? Fray bentos. Tinned uh, meat pies. You know those dreadful awful. things that they look Sorry, like. They look awful. like. Oh God! If you don't, you open the tin and it looks like that mask from um, what's that horror film where Leatherface is there? Oh, with the stitching on his yeah, lips. Yes, they're it's, disgusting. It's yeah. it's <laughs> scary. But actually, when it crisps up. <laughs> It's a whole different. It's a whole different. Perhaps you could use it on your car. Well, you could. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, obviously mechanics. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're at drama school, which is um, was. I'm not still. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're at drama school right now in my head. Yeah. Um, well, that's very. Uh, if anything's going to bring up your insecurities, yeah. and make you feel self-conscious, yeah. Go and do an acting course. Exactly. With lots of other people, yeah. all trying to be better Absolutely. than each other. Before you are aware that actually, you know, other people's image of you is not the most important thing. But hey, yeah. that's yeah. youth. So what happened at drama school then, food-wise? Or, uh, or how you began to see yourself or feel about yourself? It's about how you feel about yourself. Here's the interesting thing. About a year into the course, I had a real crush on someone. I think kind of my first really falling in love with someone. Okay. He was a bit older than me. He was slim, beautiful, all of those things. And do you know what? I actually, that's when I just lost loads of weight. And part of it, I think, was unrequited love. (laughs) (laughs) But part of it was just a sort of, okay, this is what I need to do. Okay. You know? So it's an interesting thing. And I remember being miserable but thin. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's like yeah. the love diet, isn't miserable it? Miserable but thin. And miserable and thin felt... Here's the thing. Of course it didn't feel good. It it was a weird message, I think, the tragedy equaled. 
And I think we all think that, don't we? It's, it's almost like, what about the joke where you say, well, I've got to have a bit of heartbreak to lose shed yeah. a few pounds. But I, I would actually disagree with you. I think feeling miserable and thin when you're young, if you want to feel thin, mm. I think feels fantastic. Yeah, and that's... It's really yeah. seductive and addictive. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it is at that time when you're getting all of these messages about beauty and desirability and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and I do and remember... And you look better on camera if you're thinner. That's well, what you're told. Well, this is what you're told, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, I think we're told loads of things that just kind of... We don't question there. We just think, oh, okay... This is, you know, this is what we should do. Or we question everything and get a bit lost. Yeah. So moving, so you're at drama school. You're skinny, miserable, skinny. Yeah. But beautiful. But beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Love lawn because it's unrequited. Exactly. And then yeah. you leave drama school because I know that you've had yeah. some issues around food. So I'm kind yeah. of, one, well, I'm wondering when they started. Here, well, here's an interesting thing I do remember. When I left drama school, and I, I left there after about a year and a half because I was more interested in going clubbing and buying clothes. Well done. So my growing up, <laughs> you know, here's brain. the thing. In, in hindsight, it would have been nice to, you know, <laughs> study. But actually, um, going to the mud club and, you know, yeah. various other things that mm-hmm. probably can't mention here no. were more interesting. But I do remember getting, I remember ha- getting, uh, renting a room in someone's house. And actually, I remember that was the first time Now I actually then took laxatives. That, that was your was, first thing? That was my first interview to actually kind of when I thought, oh, looking back when I thought okay. what's going on why did you choose to take laxatives did you well, were they advertised or no, someone spoke about them well I just think I thought oh, I can't do diets can't do this it must have been really important to me so I thought well with me it's kind of like what's going to happen tomorrow yeah. you know when am I going to get an effect in 10 minutes <laughs> you know so short of kind of meat cleavering half of my you know love handles off I thought maybe extricating it (laughs) (laughs) through uh, a packet from the chemist would be useful. It wasn't useful. And can I tell you why? Yeah, go on. I didn't realise that the explosive nature of those (laughs) things when you take them And I had a landlady. Now, the horror of having to think, oh, dear. Oh, yeah, I've been there. We're sharing a bathroom. (laughs) Oh, dear God. That made me rethink laxatives. It was a it was a good, sure sharp shock. I used to take those laxatives on a waitressing shift. Yeah, terrible. Like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, God, and you've you got tables back sitting. And you go really. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on a long tube journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I shouldn't so, joke because I know those things are no, serious, no, but, but you know they, they are. are they're, well. They are because they're bizarre. Weird looking. They're bizarre back. things to do. Yeah, they are. Aren't they? Yeah. And we're not d- denying that it's yeah a bit yeah. tragic. So. You took laxatives. So how long did you take laxatives for? Do you know what? I think I soon learned after a few weeks of that that I thought the downside and the kind of anxiety around needing to go to loo when... Here's the thing. It's interesting. If I'd have had my own flat... Right. It might have been a different thing. You might have taken more. But kind of, yeah, the situation and the sort of, you know, the balance of that, I guess, stopped me because I don't remember it being a lengthy... Thing. Okay, but it, but it started, hasn't it? So you've you've taken laxatives. Yeah. You, so you've started to interfere. Yes. So what was your next step, well, and how did that? Can you remember how that happened? I guess here's the thing. I mean, kind of in a potted bit of history. Okay, I 
I used alcohol a lot, drugs. Right know. back then? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, since coming to London for, you know, I gave up booze 15 years ago. I gave up drugs 15 years amazing. ago. Amazing. So, you know, I can, I can look at this from a, a, a sort of a, a distance. I always abused alcohol, whether I was an alcoholic or not, you know, hey, I, I probably uh-huh. was, you know, whether that means I still am. But anyway, I, I think it was a medication. And, you know, I think in a way, all of these things were about acceptance, depression, this, that, the other. But, but the reason I'm saying this is, I think I became aware of food in combination with that sort of addiction way. And yeah. what I mean by that is, a, if I drank booze, I didn't need to eat, really. 100%. You know, we used to go out for meals. It was great. It was it was really nice grown-up, sophisticated mm-hmm. to go out for a meal, but you didn't really need to eat a lot. Yeah. And it was just booze. Yeah. It was an expensive way to <laughs> drink. Could have gone to the pub, but no. <laughs> um, but then also, here's the, down, here's the danger as well, though. When I was hungover, I would then binge food. Now, I think we lived together, didn't mm, we, yeah. at that time? I would lie on a sofa and eat endless food. And that is when I guess I kind of threw up. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and it wasn't okay. a conscious, this, I have to, you know, I can only speak from my experience here. You know, of course that is a form of bulimia. I, I don't think, I, 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 I never went to other people's houses and did that. I didn't do it after maybe, you know, if I was during the day somewhere. I would do it at very specific, it would be in my house. Mm -hmm. It would be when I was hungover and indulging in just, you know, sort of eating stuff, almost to, you know, get rid of a bit of the bleak feeling of the night before. And and that also that depression after booze, after Mm. being really, really drunk. Yeah. It makes you feel depressed. Chemically. Yeah. Exactly. And you need something to kind of blotter it and soak it up. Yeah. And you're hungry because you haven't eaten. Exactly. So... You're in Not hungry confident. for Monster Munch, one shouldn't be really. But no, you're absolutely right. And it was, it was a, it was habitual, you know, but it was kind of a bizarre, you know, it was chicken and egg. It was like the eating of the food seemed to be a comfort, you know, from feeling so dreadful. And Did maybe it work? a bit remorseful. Well, you know, to an extent, and then you felt really ill. So, you know, it was all, it was kind of like that. I used to kind of think of it in terms of that, that awful sort of Roman yeah. excess. And hey, well, what's yeah. the logical thing now? You want to carry on? You know, I was always all or nothing. So here's the thing. Would you, so you're hungover, you're lying in your, your flat, you're mm. eating your monster munch, mm. whatever, and you're binging yeah. and you throw up. Yeah. Would you then eat again oh, and yeah. binge again and yeah. then throw up again. Yeah. Uh, you see, I would say that is pretty bulimic. Oh, no, absolutely. Here's the thing. That isn't me saying, oh, by the way, kids, I'm not you. You know what I mean? No. No, it isn't. Yes, it my was, sick was different. I guess at the time, though, it always, I always, I was always able to carry on in that because, yes, there was denial. But actually, I thought, well, you don't do this all the time. When you read about the bulimics or hear about the bulimics, you know, they're doing it literally they get off the bus to do it or they, so I guess there's that weird bus bulimics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. sorry if you are a bus bulimic. I was a bus bulimic. You know, it's all right. I'll own are, it. But, there I'll you own go. It. Yeah. but I guess it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've never spoken about this really. I know, can't And that's that's the thing. So I guess I'm doing a bit of this thinking out loud. 
It's very shameful to speak about because I've spoken yeah. about it a lot and still it makes me feel ashamed. And I guess I have to almost, you know, I'm trying to look at it from a... I'm intellectualising about it. I'm talking about it in... You yeah. know, it's, it, there's almost, even now, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not really... Well, no, here's the thing. Actually, maybe that's good. Because actually, I'm not ashamed of it in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But actually, I can look at it from a bit of detachment. So maybe that's why I can sort of... Do you think you've dealt with the feelings that you were trying to deal with then, yeah. now? I, you know what? I think I feel really, really lucky that, yeah. I mean... Did that know, happen when you stopped drinking? Yeah. And here's the interesting thing, and this is... Before I stopped drinking literally before all of this behaviour would have been going on. Yeah. So 15 years ago, yeah. all of this, at some, you know, it would have been ongoing mm-hmm. if we were speaking then. The day I stopped, and it was a real sudden thing for me, I was really lucky, I just clicked. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. But my point is, it stopped. Okay. The bulimia stopped. Right. It really did. Um, what stopped you drinking? I had a conversation with a robin in a garden. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I did. I did really you? Did. Yeah, I really did. Tell... What? Well, I was... It was New Year's Eve 2005. Well, I gave up on January the 4th. Over that new year, I was working as a waiter. I hated myself. You know, I was going through the, I won't drink for a week. Mm-hmm. I won't drink tonight. I won't do this. I won't do that. Yeah. New Year's Eve, I was working as a waiter. I hated it. I was so... <laughs> oh, I hated the people. I hated myself. I hated the restaurant. Um... <laughs> And I thought, oh, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm amazing. I haven't drank all night. I haven't had a cigarette. I haven't done that. 12 o'clock, I felt so miserable. I ran upstairs, had a cigarette, owned a can of beer and did a line of Coke. Of course you did. Yes. Happy, just for happy that, New Year. aren't you a good boy? Seriously, then happy I New felt just wracked and vile. Uh. I went home that night and I was actually, I was staying at a friend's house in Hampstead. They were away. And I sat up feeling really miserable. And it got to kind of dawn. I mean, this, you know, I'd gone mm-hmm. home quite late. And I saw this robin in the garden. And I kind of had this weird sort of conversation with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the robin, you know, told me to, you know, what are you doing? Oh, did my... you hear the robin speak well, in your was, head? Well, it was clearly, you know, I did see a robin. Yeah. I remember it. And, you know, I might have mythologised this conversation. But absolutely, I had a conversation with myself through this robin. No, because yeah, robins represent um, all sorts of departed mechanics. souls and also, yeah, yeah. Ray Blendos reps. Exactly. <laughs> it did have a tin opener. <laughs> Not only could it do the tyre, exactly. yeah. It had browned the crust. <laughs> no, but this is, this is really true. And I had a conversation. Do you know what? Here's the interesting thing. The next two days, I went on the most mammoth binge ever. Ah, of everything. Oh, are bags of everything. Okay. Bags of everything. Wow. And you know what, though? I went home to a flat that I was uh, renting in Camden. I had a pile of cigarettes I kept smoking end to end. And I guess at about four in the morning, I put a cigarette out and I went, that's it. Just like that? I literally went, that's it. I then slept for about a day and a half. I woke up and I knew... I just knew I'd done it. Oh, I can feel and, it. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I did it. Um, and you, because you've made that decision, yeah. I am going to guess, or I'm going to ask, did you have any kind of withdrawal or anything? Or was it kind of fine? It 
You know what? I would have, I had the usual come down, yeah. hangover and that yeah. sort of thing. But you know what? No, I didn't. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because your mindset is... It had changed. Just clear, it's just shifted. And I just knew. Here's the weird thing, you know, all the time before I'd been going, oh, three weeks without a cigarette, three weeks without mm. doing this. You know, there was always that, what happens when I go back to it? Yeah. But, but that was the first time ever I went, not going to do it. And it was just that switch that had done it. And, you know, I don't want... Hey, that's... I, I, I can never lecture people. I never give advice and I never do that. I can only talk about what happened for me. I was lucky. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Hi, welcome back to This Food Thing. Gemma Richards here talking to Roger Lloyd-Thompson, um, who just said he was lucky yeah. to escape what he has escaped. Yeah. After that switch happened, yeah. how did you behave? What did you do with your time? Because I imagine you had a lot of time, a lot of energy. Yeah. What did you do? I actually, I used what I deemed to be my extreme behaviour mm in an opposite way. Yeah. And when I say extreme, you know, I'm kind of... It is extreme. Yeah, well, I'm... It's extreme. You know, and I am. I'm mm. kind of all or nothing, you know. Mm. And I think lots of us will identify with that. Yeah. Instant gratification. I want it now. If I can't have one glass of wine, you know, I won't have any. Yeah. You know, that was the way I was doing it. So I kind of turned it around and I... I remember just after I'd given up, I started to... I was still in that horrible waiting job. Not for long, folks, but, <laughs> yeah, but I was. And do you know what I started doing? I started taking a little packed lunch there. Did I was you? in control of my food. I made myself really nice that, what did food. You, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so important. And do you know what I first started doing to, because I was really, I was overweight then. Booze, uh-huh. all of the rest. I was, yeah, you know. Bloated. You know. Mm. I, I, I didn't look great. I do now. <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, here's the thing, though. So I kind of, my first thing was, I remember, I started buying rye bread. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know whether this is good or not. You know the rye bread you get in the packets? That yeah. The last a bit vacuum packed. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really nice because it was, I used to toast it for quite a while. You have to because otherwise it's quite, you know. It's a bit uh, wet, isn't wobbly. it? Wobbly. <laughs> but when you toast it and it goes crispy, it's still got this really nice oil. To, you know, it's kind it's of like the, fulfilling. It's like the... Bentos crust. Maybe is it though? Are you telling it's me that? Yes, yeah, you know, but it is. Maybe there's a theme. But do you know what I did? I toasted those and yeah. I made myself really nice salady sandwich mm-hmm. and stuff, and mm-hmm. I took them in. And I was then in control of it. And that was the first. And then I really started cooking for myself, but I, you know, really controlled portions and stuff. But okay. I did it on my own. I didn't kind of go. I remember just, and for the first five years, I was religious about that. I was really, oh, I was really Were you? Tired. Were you like three meals a day? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and gr- organic fresh food? I was, and... It wasn't so much, but it was like I would I would make sure if I did stir fries, there was vegetables, not too much oil, lean meat, this. I was really, and I wouldn't eat in between meals. You know, I would. I was really good. I didn't eat crisps, I didn't do this. But you know what? Here, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't, as I thought, boring with it. And I wasn't. I didn't bang on about it 
And ironically, people just said, do you know what? You're more like you now than you were before. And that's, that was what, yeah, I, that's what I loved. It's amazing. And I think that just came from the fact that I was, I was really enjoying not being addicted to things. And it's such a buzz looking after uh, yourself. And it's such a relief. I had time to it? enjoy it. Such it was a, a lot of effort yeah. doing all that crap. So could you, interestingly, so now you're starting to nourish yourself and look after yourself. Yeah. Could you cook or did you learn to cook better or...? Um, do you know what? I think I, I, I could always... Hey, I moved away when I was 17. Opening mm. those for a bentos was... <laughs> that was a, a lesson in itself. Cause on blur. Exactly. But here's the thing. No, I could always cook for myself. Okay. But I started uh, being more structured with it. You know, I started making nicer things, I guess. So I was always, yeah, I was always okay with that. I never went to recipes. I was just did what I thought okay. was right. So you didn't go the other way. And, well, you did obviously, you were obviously quite regimented, but I think that's probably part of the course. Yeah. To kind of ease back it's, into... Yeah, I mean, I've always been a bit controlled, clearly, yeah. you know. Did you go the other way and become a bit anorexic? Did you... No. Okay, so no. that's very well, interesting. Well, no, here's the thing. Did I? Mm, yeah. yeah, now let's have a look at it. Because... Yes. Did I mean, well, I, you know, you've just made me think about it. You know, it's it's all very well me saying, oh, I'm really healthy. And you know what? I went to the gym. I mean, I lost, God, what was I? I was probably 13, 14 stone. Were you? And I went wow. down to 11. That's a lot. Quite rapidly. Did you exercise manically? Yeah. I went to the gym whenever I could, you know, most days. And would you feel, how would you feel if you didn't make it to the gym? Yeah, there was that sort of anxiety around it. But here's the thing, I was aware of not being, you know, too hard. I really did want to say, okay, let's try and turn this into a positive. Okay. And actually my mind was a lot less frazzled because it wasn't booze, drink yeah. and that. So here's, the thing is, yes, I think I became controlled in that way, but I kind of thought it was a bit more healthy in a way. It wasn't a, I didn't go, I've got to be thin, I've got to be thin. It was, I've got to be thin and healthy. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah it does make sense. About that. Maybe, no, it I'm, does make sense. maybe I'm kidding myself a bit. No, but I'm, I managed to actually, I didn't have any issues with that. I don't think that way. So what do you do now with your, so 15 years later, your feelings around food? Mm. Um, how are you eating in public? How are you being cooked for? Do you like being cooked for? Let me let me just... You know what's interesting? Eight years ago, I met someone and I have the most amazing partner. He mm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the point where everything came together and I started to really recognise I was likeable, lovable. Mm -hmm. I had a, a relationship that kind of was easy you know, we were friends, all of this, which I know sounds odd, but no, relationships before were kind of competitive or, you know, right. or I just wasn't happy or, you know, there were times things were right or wrong. When I met my partner... Yeah. Um, Can we say what he does? Yeah, he's a chef. <laughs> of course he is. A really, Isn't really... That cool? Yeah, really good chef. And actually, you know, I love his food. He's great. He's wonderful. So does he he's... do all the cooking in your partnership? He... He'd, I make really nice sandwiches. No, I really do. <laughs> Just as a fact of the right bread again. He says to me, do you know what he says? He says, Roger, you make nice sponge cake. And he said, <laughs> no your, your sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're a good mechanic. <laughs> but, you know, he does say to me, 
you throw too many ingredients in. Without, oh, don't, that's a typical chefy thing to say, though. But it's true. It? You know, he's obviously he's, intimidated. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's just scared of Frey Bentos. <laughs> but do you know what's interesting? Prior to meet him, yes, I had a bit of a a few year blip. Ah. Now, not a blip in terms of I was being sick again, but I I went into this. I need to. I sort of lost a bit of the fitness stuff, or thought I did, or thought I was getting fat again. And do you know what I did? I bought one of those, you know, those ab things that tightens you up, those electronic things that, yeah. you know, you put uh, something on your abs and it sends an electric shock through. You know those... Well, the things that they advertise all the time that yeah, don't work. they're cool. They might pulse your muscle. Yeah. And it's meant to tone you up. Now, I tried this and being all or nothing, I used to have it on for hours. <laughs> of course Walking I did. down the street. You know the what? Battery pack on your Mental, back. yeah. And actually, I think I was going into this bit of a weird place again because I stopped doing it because I started to think, oh, my God, I'm getting flabby. I thought it had had this really negative Negative, the opposite effect. Yeah, but here's the interesting thing. I went really into myself then, and I, I think it's really interesting looking back. I came, I became really obsessed with the fact that I had really screwed my body up. I thought I'd oh, done something irreparable. the guilt. And I would sit there pulling... At my flesh. Would you? Yeah, I would absolutely think it was loose. And looking back now, it was a real, it was a real, it was an, like an episode of crisis. Yeah. Was that, did you do it privately or were you down the street feeding oh, yourself for my your friend jumper? Cla- my friend Claire would say, oh my God, every time I'm sitting talking to you, you're touching your breasts, oh, you're yeah, pulling at yourself. Yeah. And I guess it's that extension of when we pull a sweatshirt yeah. or we put a cushion in front. But this became really problematic for me. It actually became utterly obsessive. That's like a tick. It was, but it, it was more than that. I would lie in bed and I would just for hours think, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my. It became, you know, I would look at myself in the mirror. Now I'm saying this because actually I think that was a few episodes like that have happened where something triggers something. And oh. I don't look at the cause of it. Okay. I just go into this. I will focus on something that possibly isn't true but is easy to believe is true okay since then you know i actually started doing some exercise again this that you know and, that, so and it, it changed my body shape changed of course it, so did. it wasn't true but that is That's still I mean. that is and i'm not being um yeah. humorous now that is looking for the spare tire oh it isn't was it? yeah and it was i would literally pull at my flesh i remember going to stay at my brother's house and i remember being in the spare room and thinking Oh my God, what have I done? This is it. I've just irreparably ruined my body. It was like, and actually I was then, you know, I think, you know, I think there was stuff going on there that I'd kind of caught up from, you know, I didn't have any real therapy when I gave up stuff. I didn't go to AA, I didn't do those things. And I think I'd done really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think then a little setback had triggered Right. All of, a lot of stuff I hadn't really dealt with. Uh-huh. But it's funny, it went to, obviously, it goes to body. It goes to If that's your battleground, body. if that's yeah. where you work it out, yeah. which lots of us do, then, yeah. yeah. So does that still happen? No, and I've never really, t- I haven't really kind of gone over that. But, you know, the reason I mentioned Ryan in that was, yeah. I think th- there's something that's changed now by feeling... And not just, oh, I'm lovable. Someone's told me that. I actually Someone's believe. Someone's accepted yeah. you. No, well, it's more, you know, I also did some stand-up that was 
traumatic to me. So stage fright, this, respect. that, and the other. But do you know what? That changed something as well for me. I bet it did. It made you me... You just stand-up comedy. But yeah, but do you know what it was? It was something, actually, I'd been living my life thinking success was something I needed to feel from other people. Mm. And that stand-up show, as, as comf- uncomfortable as it was, I was so proud of it, pleased of it. And for once in my life, I went, I'm pleased with it. I'm actually comfortable with what I've done. I realised I didn't need to be, quote, successful in that cliche way. I suddenly had done something that was successful. Did you? And it was successful to me. Amazing. Did you talk about yourself or did you? Yeah, well, I did a character, but it was very sort of autobiographical. It was a celebrity hairdresser and it was a really great way of observing the horrors of the world. Ironically, I stopped doing it because, you know, we don't really have satire anymore. (laughs) The celebrity hairdresser I played is in the White House and number 10 and all over television. I know. Oh, that aside, though, it just, it changed something for me. For, you know, I, I keep saying I was lucky. I have been really lucky. Something clicked. The little Robin was there again and it said, I don't need other people's approval. I love that. Now, there was reasons for that, but genuinely it was true. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. And welcome back to This Food Thing, Gemma Richards, here with Roger Lloyd-Thompson. I have a few questions that I'm just going to throw at you mm. that I thought were quite interesting and amusing. You can just bat them away if you don't like them. I'm sure I'll find them interesting. Uh, if food, yours, or your relationship with food were a character, what would they look like? Uh... Oh, God. It's I'm, hard, isn't it? Yeah. It, do you know what? I'm never good at these Bat questions. Bat it away. I sort of, no, it's not that. What would it look like? I'm going to say the Pillsbury Doughboy, but only because I've always wanted to say that <laughs> in a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I do remember that What's advert. the Pillsbury Doughboy do, do look remember? Like? It was, i tell you what it was. It was a bit of dough. You yeah. unwrapped, it's, I think it was an American thing. It's like making, you know those croissants you get where yeah. you, yeah. it's Out in a bit tin. of, well, it, exactly, <laughs> there's a theme. It was, you unwrap it. I think Pillsbury Doughboy used to be this little doughy boy. Right. Funnily enough. Seriously. There, the copywriters had it there. <laughs> and the, he, they you used to push him in the stomach and you used to go, Ah. So actually, you, re, you know, it was either cute or you wanted to bat it with him. <laughs> Take his raisins pen. out. Did it have raisins in the final I shot? I think he had a little red hat. Oh, I don't remember him. A bit like Ghostbusters. Do you know that Ghostbusters <laughs> ghost with the red hat? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I think that's where they got it from, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Bloody Maybe your viewers can knickers. write in with their... <laughs> <laughs> viewers, listeners. Listeners, yeah. Listeners, yeah. We're doing webcam. Okay, yeah, yeah, we are doing webcam. Yeah. Okay, so Pillsbury Doughboy. Okay. Um, this is also quite tricky. What metaphor best describes... Your relationship with food. Um, and now all I'm thinking is, what's a metaphor? Which I <laughs> so I'm going to tell you my metaphor. Do. My metaphor is feast or famine. And I have found that throughout my life, okay. I tend to approach everything yeah. as if it's feast or famine. So I chose the kind of work where I was either working a lot yeah. or nothing at all. So metaphor is like it's... It's as something. It's... Oh, no, no, I do know what a metaphor do you? is. Yeah. It begins with an M. But yeah, exactly. E-T. I was just thinking, <laughs> what if I get the wrong one and use an analogy? Yes, I'm going to take notes. <laughs> yeah. I think 
I don't. I, I think that's a, a useful one. I think I've been speaking about all or nothing quite a lot, and it's interesting. Uh, sink or swim, you know, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. It's either good or bad. Yes, that polarity. But actually, I think so now. Helpful. Do you know one thing? I really, really, really am getting. No, I'm, something I'm good at now is mm. I used to get terribly anxious if I was going into a bad mood or if I thought I'd interrupt or this or that. Do you know what I do now? I just go, go to bed. If you feel crap, go to bed. Do you? Any time of day? I re- No, no, no. But what I mean is at the end of the day, I'll go, okay. it'll be different tomorrow. Ah, uh, you can do that. And I, I tell you how I learned that. Mm. When I was doing this stand-up show, I was, mm-hmm. I was writing for it. And I remember being in tears one night because I couldn't get something. I, yeah. I really had worked myself up into a sure. state. I stayed up all night focusing on the detail. And actually, at some point, I just went, I can't do it. Yeah. And I went to bed. And in the morning, I looked at this stuff and I went, oh, that's easy. Put that there, cut and paste that, do that. And actually, I suddenly thought, do you know what? That thing about a different perspective is true. Yeah. And that made me think, do you know? And, and actually now, I literally go, let it go. Yeah. It changes, it passes. Yeah. It's easier to say that when you're older, I know, but that is something, I guess. Not everyone gets there when well, they're older. again, I'm lucky. And it doesn't always work, but I, I generally, if I'm feeling a bit crap, I just go, oh, it'll pass. Okay. I used to really stick with that feeling. Right, right, you know? right, right. And I yeah. used to try and work it all out, and now I just go, hey, That's some great. things you can't work out. That's great. Because those feelings are exhausting, aren't they? Ah. And they arrest your development yeah. and stop you from from living your life. It stops me doing loads of things because if I'm focused on that, I just stop. I kind of stop communicating. I kind of go quite insular. And I'm extrovert, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, get off the table. Yeah. So when <laughs> I, you know, it's very noticeable when I am not that. Right. So a way that I deal with that is I just go, I, you know, I'm I'm able to sit back comfortably mm. as opposed to worry about sitting back and not having input. You don't beat yourself up for it. Yeah. You just let yourself feel. And there's something about not needing to take responsibility for everyone else. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Letting them get on with it. Yeah. Family dinners. Do you know what? I don't have to keep this plane flying. They're right. able to. Right. And when I when I stopped doing that, that was really interesting. Do you mean you stopped going to family dinners or you stopped no, being No, I, I, stopped, I stopped feeling I needed to entertain right. or make it okay. Right. Or if someone said something that I thought, oh, will that go down well? I, 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 I didn't need to leap in. And do you know what? They were all okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were really all okay. Yeah, isn't, that, miss you isn't that weird? Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. You know, they didn't need me to solve it all. <laughs> You know, and actually, the country's probably been a lot better since I stepped back from that. Yes, well done. Exactly. For handing the reins over So do you know what? But it's true, we do feel, I think we feel responsible in a lot of ways. And, you know... When does that happen then? Can you put a time on it? When I stop doing that, I kind of think with my lovely partner, because, you know, in a way, I was able to... I was able to just relax a bit and actually just feel comfortable to sit back. Yeah. You know. In your own skin. Yeah, exactly. And I think it came from that thing of just being comfortable with someone intimately, Mm -hmm. you know, and I became more comfortable with myself. So I became more comfortable to just, you know, be with other people in a 
in a, a slightly, you know, just a sitting back way. I didn't have to control everything. Oh, and lovely, let's face it. it, do you know what? All of these things I'm talking about, I guess, have always been an effort to control how I'm feeling. Of course. it's anxi- I think it's all about an- yeah. anxiety. For me, I, I never wanted to feel bad. Yeah. I never wanted yeah. to feel uneasy or anxious. So all of the things that I think I did were just trying to mask that. And do you know what now? You know, I talk to people about this all the time. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's good mm. to be able to sit with discomfort and recognise that the world doesn't end. Oh, you know? So true. And and I know, please, I am no therapist and I'm not talking about severe anxiety yeah. or trauma or those things. I'm please, I would never presume to do that. And I'm lucky I don't think mine but here's the thing, pain is relative, isn't it? Discomfort yeah. is relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were times when I felt extremely uh, lost and at sea. Mm-hmm. And you know that late at night when you're on your own and you're did you feel in lonely a corner or... rocking? Yeah, at points, of course I did. Yeah. But more than that, I felt like I was losing control. Right. I felt that, I genuinely felt I felt too much. Yeah. That it was uh, that I was too sensitive. It was all too painful. Perhaps it was though. Yeah, it was. It, at the time. Oh, clearly, it was. Clearly, at the time. it was. Uh, but actually, weirdly, um, I think those feelings still come back sometimes. But I'm kind of comfortable. I'm, I'm more comfortable with them. Yeah. And the more comfortable I am, the more they fade. Yeah. Quicker. You talk about someone who is obviously at home, and you have a lot of. Uh, you're at peace, much more at peace, aren't you? That is one thing I now find I can sit quietly, and I do. And I can turn the TV off and I can just sit here. You know, I love where I am, love mm-hmm. my environment, mm-hmm. you know, and I can just sit quietly. I ne- I could never do that. Right, yeah. Never do that. Yeah. And you, that kind of, that has really come from inside, it has. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, here's the thing, though. You know, food is still massive on that. And I'm, I'm sort of saying it sounds like, hey, I'm great, I'm this, I'm that and the other. Do you know what? I, I, I'm still quite rigid. And I know the other night, I, I try not to eat after six. I'm happy when I'm working because my f- mind is off food. Yeah, sure, sure. And the other night I kind of thought, oh, do you know what? I'm really relaxed and peaceful. I'm going to have cheese and biscuits. And actually, it was there was a bit of a, oh, do you want to, don't you want sure, to? Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. I don't know if that ever goes. No, exactly. It's just all right to have it there. Yeah, no. And actually, sometimes it is all right to just do that. But this time I'm talking about, it was only a few days ago, and I, then I thought, why did you do it? What was the... And this is... Now, the, the, the reason I'm saying this is, ages ago, that would have been a, a battle, an angst, an annoyance, and all this. Do yeah. you know what? I thought that, and then I went... Sort of. It's cheese and biscuits. It's cheese and biscuits. Have cheese and biscuits. Also, go to bed. If you feel a bit bloated, yeah. hug a pillow. <laughs> but really, you know, because it's that yeah. sort of bloated that makes you, reminds you. And I went, so what? Yeah. And, and I guess I say that story because I can, I can say that with humour now. I can laugh at it more. And actually, again, it comes back to I don't care as much. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't care as much. And that's not to say when your trousers start getting tight, you don't go into a bit of this, that and the other. But actually, I'm better at going, this is who I am now. And again, I'm older, I can do that, I guess. Yeah. When I was younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone give me that advice wouldn't work. But I think I care less about 
those angst. Well, also, you realise just how insular you are. If if your whole day is taken up by going, God, I had like 35 grams of brie and I'm vegan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've never been that, you know, I've never been Faye Dunaway weighing my vegetables at a dinner party. (laughs) Faye Dunaway in in other ways, maybe, but not with the vegetables. With the dinner party thing, I want to ask you. Yeah. Some, the final question okay. that I'm going to ask everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> if you could only take five foods okay. to an island, yeah. what would they be? And here are the rules. To Ireland or to an island? <laughs> you can go to Ireland, <laughs> okay. but that's yeah. a bit rude about yeah. Ireland. So let's go oh, to yeah. an island. They have all their foods You're there. Picking up on my pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you island. can't take a tasting menu from... No. The Gavroche or something. Can I just say things I love? Yeah, but yeah. listen, listen, you're going to have to live on these foods. Okay. I might be a neighbour. Yeah, okay. And you might you have a spice cupboard and salt and pepper. Oh, okay. And you've got water. I can do the condiments, yeah. If you were going to take a really special I could condiment, take my partner, couldn't I? He'd be good. Yeah, but anyway. Of no. course, take your own chef. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Five. Definitely Roger. peanuts. Salted peanuts. Okay. Oh, yes. I love <laughs> Which those. Which you can smash into peanut because butter you know, or rock. You know, friends say to me, let me tell you a really funny story. When I used to get... I used to go around to my friend Helen Richards. I used to get drunk. Three o'clock in the morning, I'd get up, I'd go to their kitchen. Yeah. They would always have these two foods in for me. Campbell's condensed soup and hula hoops. I swear to I you. I love hula hoops. But you know what I would do? Mm. I would, in my hungover state, open a can of condensed, usually pea and ham soup, and I would crunch hula hoops into the top. And do you know what I... I love Surely the, they went No, soggy. I love the texture. Yeah. And my friend always says to me, is it for the texture? So I need stuff for texture. Okay. Peanuts are for texture, definitely. Instead of hula hoops. So peanuts, salted no, I, peanuts. I would take pe- salted peanuts. Mm. I would take... I th- I'd have to take some potatoes... In just potatoes. Then you can do everything with them. Of course you can. Of course you can. Fried, so versatile. boiled, <laughs> of course they are. Go to work on a potato. Eggs. Eggs. You need wheels on the... Yeah. yeah. Eggs. Eggs. Go to work on an egg. Okay. Um, and I, I'd have to take some lovely fresh salad. Are you not just showing off? No, 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 no. Do you no, want no. to take months Do you know lunch? what? I have to balance those. I really do. What I salad? Love salad? Do you know what? I'd take some rocket maybe because it's mm. a bit, you know, it's a bit like, mm, garnish, looks good. <laughs> And, and you can wear it as a skirt. Nutritious, exactly. <laughs> it could be, couldn't it? Really long bits of rock. Maybe I could use seaweed, looks so <laughs> How many more have I got? So you've done salted peanuts. Uh, salted peanuts, potatoes, potatoes eggs, eggs. Rocket, I've got rocket. one more. You've got it one more. To, do you know what? I've got a really sweet tooth. I would have to take a patisserie. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. You can't I take would, a patisserie. Okay, I would have to take then. I'll tell you what it would take. I would take a, a, ah, oh, here's what I'd take. You know those lovely iced buns, Chelsea iced buns? Yeah. So what you get there is that lovely doughy, mm, yeah, <laughs> texture. Back to the dough. Yeah, and yeah, of course. But you get the icing on top and a cherry. So I've snuck in there Perfect. a few bits. I love that. No, you yeah. like that. That's that brilliant. Be. That's I'm brilliant. Happy with those. Brilliant. Supermarket sweep. Um, I'm going to live next door to you. Yeah? In your eyes. Would you eat yeah. any of those, really? You would, they're not your sorts, are they? I'd have the peanuts. Okay, what would you have? Can I ask you? Yes, you can. Tell me what you would have. Hula hoops. Oh, it would changes you? every day. Okay, what but I'd today. Have. This is how I go to sleep. Okay. Hula hoops. Yeah. Lettuce. Yeah. Yeah, but good lettuce. No, good. You Broccoli. know what? Yeah, I hate iceberg. Oh, iceberg. You? Yeah, it's a letter. It's, it's, it's yeah, water watery. with too veins. Watery. Yeah, it's so 70s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, broccoli, hula hoops, uh, lettuce, 
Um, oh, chickpeas. <laughs> Ladies and, and gentlemen, don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> and rice. And I'm going to end it there. It's about you. you. Thank you, you so much Thank for talking you. to me. I've had real fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know your favourite bit from this episode. Let me know on Instagram at This Food Thing Podcast or join us again in the next episode.